Welcome to I Am Goddess Collective Podcast, a sacred space for empowerment through modern magic, spiritual activism, and reclaiming your power. I am your host, Nixie Marie, feng shui practitioner, earth activist, and mystic here to support and inspire your journey in becoming the change you wish to see in this world. That change starts within. Join myself and fellow thought leaders, metaphysical experts, and luminaries each week as we explore practical and magical ways to living in your highest alignment. Your journey as an empowered goddess begins here. Let's dive in. Well, hello, sisters. Welcome back to another episode. I am super happy to be here. Happy new day. Blessed be. I hope you're having a magical day. If not, well, we're here to light your show up. Light it up like there's no tomorrow. Okay. All right. That's what we're here to do. Um, Anyways, I hope you guys have been enjoying the last few episodes as we've been back from our summer break. As I mentioned before, it's such an honor to be back here and have so many amazing guests uh, lined up for this show. And so this week we have a very special episode for you guys. As always, I do my best to curate and find all the best. So we've got a beautiful soul sister, Lindsay Mack, on the podcast today. And we are going to be discussing a very interesting topic around using the tarot to create boundaries in your life. Uh, Honestly, before going into this interview, I really had no idea that you could even use tarot to create boundaries and actually use some of these cards to embody the archetypes of, let's say, the queen of swords or the two of swords or in using it basically the tarot to create change or just activating a sense of embodiment of that which you are wanting to step into or gain deeper insight on or activate or harness a superpower. So what a great episode. Uh, Lindsay's also a podcast host uh, called Tarot for the Wild Soul. And she's also a fellow just soul sister mystic who's on a mission to really um, have others find themselves through tarot, through healing. And so it was just an honor to interview view her and I'm very excited to um for you guys to listen and and tell me your feedback. So before we get into the show, I would love to make a few announcements as always and read a review. We've got a couple new reviews on iTunes or Apple Podcast as it is now. So thank you so much guys for all these reviews and the feedback for us being back over the summer break. It just feels so good to feel the love. And for those of you guys that know me, you know I love reading reviews and just getting some insight on how this podcast has supported you step into your warrior goddess. So we've got a review by Goddess Kate. And she says, grounding and fantastic. Five stars. I just listened to my first episode and absolutely loved it. I learned so much and feel so grounded and grateful for this beautiful podcast. Very well done. Would highly recommend. Thank you, Goddess Casey. You are a goddess. And thank you so much for leaving that amazing review. I'm happy to hear that this has brought some insight and (laughs) inspiration to your day and uh, that it supported you along the way. 
So you guys, uh, another couple things, uh, we've got a few announcements as far as what's going on in the goddess collective. Um, I know some of you guys, uh, sisters are in awareness of the, uh, the goddess life membership. So I just wanted to remind you that we've got that going on the enrollment or activation or signups are now open and you can go on over to imgoddesscollective.com slash member to or membership to actually sign up and what that includes each month is the biggest thing the full moon ritual with myself and all the fellow sisters inside the coven you will also get guided meditations monthly guidance and we've got some awesome workshops and uh, live classes that are from other awesome metaphysical experts. So if you're interested in signing up again, please go to IamGoddessCollective.com slash membership. And also, as I've been mentioning, I have a new product line. It's called Clarity. And for you as my special goddess nation listener, you actually will receive over 30% off of the starter kit, which is basically involves a everything that is reusable, uh, reasonable products such as a glass spray bottle and a concentrate formula that makes up to four bottles of an all-purpose cleaner. So you can get that at clarity.com slash goddess. That's C-L-A-R-Y-T-I.com forward slash goddess. So check it out. Let me know what you guys think. I'm very excited to have been releasing this to the world with my founder, co-founder Cameron, who's my beloved as well. So we are embarking on a new journey together as uh, business owners. So I'm very excited. And uh, so, well, well, I think that's about it for the announcements today. And so why don't we get on into this juicy podcast episode with Lindsay Mack. Enjoy sisters. Hello, beautiful sisters. I'm very excited to welcome everyone back to the show. Uh, We've got a lovely guest on the podcast this week. We have Lindsay Mack, who is the creator for the wild so, or the creator of the podcast, <laughs> Tarot for the Wild. So welcome, Lindsay. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's an honor. Um, I'm definitely always really excited to connect with other mystical babes. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Lindsay is an intuitive tarot teacher, writer, and the founder of Tarot for the Wild Soul. Through her regular sold-out workshops, retreats, and online tarot courses, Lindsay has had the profound honor of teaching soul tarot to thousands of people from all around the world. Lindsay is also the host of the popular weekly podcast, Tarot for the Wild Soul, which has been downloaded over 2 million times. Wow, girl, since it was launched in August of 2017. And her work with the tarot has been written about and featured in the New York Times, the Huffington Post, Refinery29, to name a few. So it's very obvious why this lovely mystic is here with us today. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Of course. Yeah. So I always love to start the show with a couple of these questions. Uh, what is a crystal you're currently working with and why? Um, 
I, you know, I don't really work with crystals too much. Um, they are in, I have so many in my home and they, I feel like kind of work on my space. Um, but I feel that my go-to answer for that must be, and kind of always is selenite. And I think the re- and I think the reason for that is just because um, I am so sensitive, uh, like so many people listening, like yourself, very sensitive, very empathic, very susceptible to chords, and um, it's really important to clear them. So I think I have more selenite in my house than anything else, and it is something that we have like a family selenite wand that I use. My husband uses, Mm. we use on our kitty. (laughs) So I think it's just a part of my, of the ritual of my life every day. Mm, Yeah. Just being surrounded by all those in your home. That's really beautiful. Um, So are you a coffee or tea person? 100%. All right, cool. You're my kind of girl. I love tea, but I'm also like a total coffee snob. I love coffee. I love it. And and I'm, I think that because I have some autoimmune issues and I'm really, I kind of need to stop drinking it. And it's, I've given up, I've released everything. I don't eat sugar. I don't really have chocolate anymore. I had, and I thought chocolate, like I would die on the mountain and I didn't, it's coffee. Like I can't, I'm not, I'm not ready yet to give up that ritual, that joy. I really, really love coffee. (laughs) I like tea too, but I love coffee. Yeah. Yeah, There's something about Mm -hmm. it. It's such a powerful ritual to just, and the, the little high that happens, I'm kind of a type A, so I like it. I figured. What's your I'm sign? Aries. How about you? Uh, <laughs> that's why. I'm an Aries magnet. I'm a Sagittarius. Oh, nice. I can feel Sagittarius yeah. from you. It's great. Fire, but I mellow. I feel the Aries fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fire, but very <laughs> mellow. People, some, I like knowing that you thought I was an Aries. People sometimes can't pick out my sign because I am a Virgo rising which um, is pretty dominant in my personality type, I think. And um, I have a Leo moon, and uh, but mm. I don't know how much astrology you're into. I think pretty extensive. But my Aries is in my eighth house, the Scorpio house, and my Leo mm. moon is in, a, is in the 11th house, which is the Aquarius house. So there's, it's not to say I'm not, very Aries, but sometimes people can't tell because, um, yeah. So I like being recognized. The will kind of come through. Yeah. More. Or, and I'm quieter a lot of the time. Like right now mm. we're conversing and it feels great, but, um, not to say that Aries can't be really quiet and very pensive, but <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's more about usually when I find other women who, or men who are really, um, making big change or have done a lot and you can tell they're always on that single track. Like that to me is how I can spot an Aries. Like they're usually the head of companies, they're founders, they're always 
their own boss generally. I think that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, we have lots of, I've, I'm like, well, first of all, first of all, how did you really figure out that tarot was going to be the way you share your medicine to the world? Um, there was never a, a, a figuring out, um, and I wish there had been, uh, it was just sort of an unfolding over time. I've been reading tarot for the last, uh, the math, math, let me see how old am I, uh, <laughs> 23 years it's been and, um, taught myself with very dedicated study, self-study over the years and gave readings since I was 12 to friends, to family, whatever, what have you. Um, and had other career desires come and go in my life over the years, just never really thought, even though I identified as a witch and knew that I had this sort of sensitivity and awareness of things around me that I really couldn't explain. I wasn't ready to step into that. Um, and, uh, I became a coach in, I think 2012 and did that, but there was no intuitive component to it. Never felt really complete. Mm. I couldn't really figure out why. Um, and tarot really wasn't a big part of my life at that point, but, um, I had a very, uh, very transformative and very difficult, uh, breakdown really, um, related to PTSD and stress. And it completely changed my life as breakdowns will do in, for me, a very good and positive way. And on the other side, I found myself no longer coaching, not at my wellness practice that I'd shared with my friend and business partner, because I knew that I couldn't do it, um, out of touch with my family and married because that breakdown happened right near my marriage and, uh, really didn't know what I was going to do. I, I had like a day job and didn't really have a sense for the first time in my life about like kind of what I was doing on the planet. And, um, but it felt okay. Like I don't recall feeling any um, anxiety about it for some weird reason at that point. I think I was just so happy to be feeling better. And um, a couple months after all that dust started to settle, I felt kind of safe enough to propose a pop-up at a local store. And she randomly mentioned that they needed a tarot reader. And it had been so long since I had read and something made me say, I would love to do that. Would you be interested? Mm. I don't know why it like flew out of my mouth. I had to read memorize because I didn't even remember some things because you know, it was different doing it professionally for money. That was a little different. So like, I remember having to like do flashcards and like really make sure I understood what I was talking about with all of them. And, um, I went in and it was like just the best time that I could remember having. It felt like a, it felt like it was this perfect way for me to hold all of my gifts together in this one thing. And I'd been doing it since I was 12. So there was a part of it that was like, Oh my God, like I loved this. It tracked back to all these years that I'd been doing it. And I remember leaving and calling my husband and just saying like, I've never had more fun doing anything in my whole life than that. And truly from that day, it was like the road opened. Like I've really not had much pausing since then about less than a year later, I left my job, 
less than a year after that, I had so many clients. I moved from a wellness space to my home. And um, just last year, I made the decision to stop reading and teach full time, which has been probably one of the best decisions I ever made. So it's very clear that this is um, part of my destiny, I'd say, to, to do this. It just took me so long to like figure it out. Everything had to leave before it came forward till I was ready. So that's a little bit of it. Well, that's definitely how it seems to unravel. Mm -hmm. You've got to lose it all to find yourself and really discover what it is that brings you joy. Totally. Mm. So as far as the tarot goes, you really like to coin the term tarot as medicine. Mm -hmm. So how do you view tarot being medicine for just maybe our daily lives? Or how do you really bring that home so that it provides that sense of nourishment or encouragement or guidance? So I love this question and I feel passionate about the answer. So, um, I believe, like others, um, that tarot is medicine and that if we are, and the best thing about the tarot is that it really is a mirror and it will be anything you want it to be. And that's why, and this might sound slightly controversial, this is why people can manipulate with the tarot. It's very easy to do that. The tarot will literally come along and do anything you want. It will mirror back to you. Like it in and of itself is a set of archetypes. The power comes when we lay our hands on it and what we're bringing to it. So I like to share that because a lot of people, and I've been teaching now for, you know, a little bit of time and have taught so many people. And there are a lot of people who don't really understand how much power comes from their question and the way that they are um, setting an intention for what they want to know and how they want to dialogue with this tool. So as far as tarot goes as a fortune telling tool, it's actually pretty lousy. It's pretty unreliable. Like it might give you a hint every now and again about the cycles that are to come. But if you're reading really for divinatory purposes. It's not to say that people do not have that gift because there are people who do, but everyone who has that gift knows that there are some days when you just don't have it, when you just can't get anything from the tarot or you're not sure, or you're kind of fudging, which ideally we don't want to do. So my journey with tarot personally has been that I was reading for so long, but where tarot started to really flower open for me is when I reached for it as a tool to help me with my PTSD. And I started to see uh, and understand through work with my mentor, with uh, all, the, all of the resources and tools in front of me, that tarot was this amazing um, ally to help me determine the story in my head versus the truth of my soul where they intersected, if they did, and how I could choose to prioritize truth while taking care of myself. So it essentially illuminated feeling from fact and let me know when the feelings and the facts lined up and when they didn't. And that is the basis of soul tarot. 
is essentially viewing tarot as this tool, um, as a um, language to help to decode brain chemistry and the whisper of the soul underneath it. Because everybody, there's not a person alive who doesn't have those two radio stations working in them simultaneously. Everybody has the primal nervous system. Where am I going to eat? Where am I going to live? Where am I going to sleep? Primal stuff that is much louder than the whisper of intuition. And everybody has that whisper. So when you're utilizing tarot as medicine, you are essentially leaning on it to help you to come into the depth of your presence, even and especially if presence is uncomfortable. And there is a difference between, and by the way, I'm not saying one is more valid than the other, but there is a very, there's a lot of difference between working with, let's, 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 let's say the tower card, working with the tower card and saying the tower is a portent of disaster, of karma, of difficulty. Um, it hurts, it's hard. Um, and it probably means X, Y, Z is going to happen to you. That's the way a lot of people, people have gotten book deals, by the way, talk about the tower card. Whereas what do we know of the tarot card of the tower card in life? We know forest fires, right? No one, nobody wants a forest fire to happen. They are devastating. Do they clear space for new things to grow? They do. Do we particularly like that they've come? In general, we don't, especially if they've been sparked through carelessness or accident or through climate change. Mm -hmm. That is the tower card, is a forest fire. You don't particularly like it, but it's here to help us clear out something that is brushed, it's ready to die. It's space is ready to be made. Our job is to remember that the tarot kind of existed before people put it into paper form. Like these, these cards are not human concepts. They have existed forever. Like every tarot card can be correlated to something in biology and science and nature in the spiral way of living. We tend as humans to live very linearly. And it's just a simple shift of the mind to take it from this linear sense of like, what's here, what's going to happen, da, 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 to what am I being invited into in this? Where is the medicine in this? Just like what is the medicine of a cave, a forest fire, a bonfire? What is the medicine of night, of day, of cold, of heat? That's all in the tarot. I always do that. That's all in the tarot. And it makes sense to me like that. No one taught me that way. That's just what makes sense to me because as somebody who lives with a tremendous amount of uh, PTSD, of anxiety, et cetera, um, I don't, I'm not, um, my job is to kind of move through the pain, to be with that rather than to get out of that. And the tarot has always really helped me to see both painful times and joyful times for what they are as seasons in life, because really the only constant that we kind of have in this life really 
is that we will evolve. Like there is evolution that is available to us. We will go from babies to old people if we're lucky to make it that long. It's something that every living thing on this planet shares, the um, walk of evolution, growth through discomfort, and that nature exists in whatever form it may take. So to me, there's a lot of alignment there. And medicine, you know, is something that cures what ails you, is something that can soothe what ails us. And I think overall, it's like a lot of us don't necessarily struggle with the struggle. We struggle with the thoughts about the struggle. When will this be over? Am I okay? Will this leave? You know, what does this mean? Tarot can really help to remind us like, you know, there's nothing permanent and everything is bringing some kind of medicine to you, whether you are enjoying the taste of the medicine or whether it is sweet or bitter or whatever, it's not. There's definitely no guarantee to us that we'll be comfortable in this life. That's for sure. So as long as we can honor that and also gently kind of move past the idea that we're owed that tarot can just be this incredible invitation to come home. So that's a little bit of how it makes sense to me and how I teach it. Wow. That's incredibly beautiful. I had a few moments of chills and, you know, I love that you of course brought the tower card in. Uh, what is your take on, I've heard so many astrologers and mystics say that the tower card represents why, you know, we have who we have as presidency and Trump being the Trump card or the tower card. What is your take on that? You mean about Trump specifically? Uh, no, like our president, I've heard a lot of that, how the tower card specifically relates oh, to, yeah. yeah. And it, which sounds very similar to what you're saying with pushing something out, even though we don't mm -hmm. like what it's bringing. I up. mean, I definitely, I, you know, I will say I am aware of what you're talking about and I feel like I have to respectfully like put a hand on my heart and kind of bow to them because I never, I don't even think about the tower, the tower card in that way. And that's part of the genius of every reader being worthy and important with vital information to share. Um, I just, it never comes into my head as being connected to that, but that doesn't mean it is, it isn't. Um, I definitely though can see correlations between aspects of the last three years being related to the tower. Absolutely. And being confronted mm -hmm. with things. I wouldn't necessarily give the president the, uh, the like, I don't know if, if he specifically is bringing that, but I do think that, um, there's a lot happening right now. That's very, very tower centered and, um, mm -hmm. I think it's all connected as a very big invitation to wake up overall. Mm, yeah. 
I definitely agree. But the thing that I love about your um, voice and how you have brought the tarot to like an educational way is the embodiment of these cards and really understanding, you know, what it's like to really take a deeper look at them and how we can come back home to them. And before we started recording, we were uh, discussing grounding into the intention of the show. And, you know, you did share with me, you have a autoimmune disease and flare up right now and to do some readings wouldn't be in alignment and I was saying how I'm very inspired by you creating those boundaries you know by saying no I'm not in alignment to do or feeling my best to tap into that energy today and so you know what do you have to say with like how you've created these boundaries with tarot and how we can work with the cards to create these boundaries and limits for everyone around us and to really use the word no? Um, that's a great question again. Um, and thank you for your kind words on my boundaries. I've worked very hard to have them. <laughs> um, basically how I've cultivated these boundaries is two things one being slightly more dominant. The less dominant piece is that I did readings full-time for years and really understand what it takes to do them. And sometimes, um, and I, and it's not to say that I couldn't bang it out for you with a neck flare, because I probably could. But the more dominant reason why my boundaries have um, formed themselves as they are is because I love my body. Mm. And because when she says no, we don't do it. If she says maybe, then we think about it. Um, my body today, I mean, I feel fabulous present with you and I have pain in my body. And it's just one of those days where I know that it's a no. And mm -hmm. so I know that I can serve differently. You know, um, that took a long time. I just don't, I don't do anything that my body says no to. That doesn't mean that I don't do uncomfortable things, but, um, and it doesn't mean that I don't bemoan. Sometimes I want to do something and my body doesn't want to, you know, but, um, yeah, I just try to be gentle. It's just, it's just grown over time because mm -hmm. it's had to, you know, and right. the, the, the tarot can provide a lot of allyship around that. I think. Yeah. What are some of like, are there cards or how can we embody some of those elements, um, to really support us in creating these boundaries? So the two cards that I would say are the biggest boundary helpers in the tarot are two of swords and queen of swords. Um, and I'll start with the queen of swords. Queens, and obviously this is my way of interpreting them. So if other people have, it's the beauty of tarot is that everyone's right. Um, the way I teach tarot and have for years is that court cards are not people. There's a few reasons for that, but you don't need to get into it unless you really want to. Um, I like to start with the fact that court cards aren't people because court cards are some of the most powerful 
unbelievably impactful master energies in the tarot. And if we're giving them away to someone else right off the bat, we are missing it. So it's not to say that they cannot be other people. I just like to start with them being for us. Mm. So Queen of Swords, like all court cards, are, is double elemented, which means that it's water and it's air because queens are water and swords are air. So Queen of Swords is really got the fiercest boundaries, is able to have clarity and access to the emotional realm, the water realm, and the mental realm. And if we're speaking about that and blending them together, we're talking about really creating a very strong space around ourselves and the ability to embody the energetic boundaries that we want to call in. When we're working with Queen of Swords, she doesn't have to tell you what she wants or it doesn't have to tell you what it wants. They don't. Um, there is an embodiment that you can't mess with them or F with them if you can curse on this podcast. But yes. you, yeah, like it's, um, I always teach Queen of Swords as the motherfucker with the boundaries because it's just somebody who you would, you look at them and you think mm -mm, they're not, no, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to mess with that. Um so we can call on Queen of Swords because it creates that sacred, um, that circle, that cord that can wrap around us where we're just in, you know, what we're available to, what we're not, while also remaining kind of soft, you know, that water, that flexibility, that mutability. Queen of Swords is not a hard boundary. Ideally, we don't want to be hard um, about our boundaries, but we do want to come into a space where we're considering we're checking in and also really embodying what we're available for and what we're not. And I think two of swords is a very powerful boundary ally because unlike, uh, I just have a very different take on this card than some, um, other folks do. It's not to say some other readers, but just what other people may have traditionally heard. Um, two of swords, if we really look at it, um, it really provides us with the opportunity to go within and check in about what we think and what we want to do. It has a lot less to do with cutting ourselves off than a lot of people think, especially because when we take a boundary, a lot of the time it can trigger people. It can trigger people when we say, I'm not available for that right now, or I'm so sorry, I'm not going to be able to do that or whatever. Mm -hmm. Obviously that wasn't the case with us at all, but um, there, there can be, there's a lot of projecting that can happen on two of swords as a card. And it's interesting because it actually showcases and models for us quite beautifully, you know, ideally when checking in with the temperature of the inner self, we want to shield the eyes, close the eyes, go within, and we want to use the mind, the sword to create a sacred barrier around ourselves to be able to say, I have to check in with me before I'm available to you. So it's not so much a state that we can embody all the time, but two of swords is the ally that we can call on when we're not sure. When we have a voice in our ear saying, you know, I'm not sure you should do that, or I don't like that you're doing that, or I want to see, or I'd like you to do this, you know, whatever it is. 
we can call upon that card to say, um, I do hear what you'd prefer. I'm going to check in with me and I'll get back to you. Queen of Swords is taking what we've checked in about and standing in it strongly. So I think those two can really help us around that. Wow, I love that. (laughs) And I just feel that sense of, you know, like, I'm very, very visual. And when you explain the Queen of Swords, you know, I think for women, especially, we're learning all the time how to create boundaries and say no and be like really proud and um, of, of really being in that no, you know, and, and creating Absolutely. boundaries. And so I think it's such a beautiful way to look at the tarot because I talk, I've studied the tarot, I talk about tarot a lot. And so it's always really fascinating when there's this new perspective that is presented, you know, to not only myself, but the listeners here, and they can kind of get a better idea of how else they can work with this, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and really, I think you really embody how to work with it as medicine. So, you know, what are some of your other favorite cards that you generally like to either embody or work with, or just like, if you have your favorite cards, I know it's probably hard to pick, but. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I enjoy, I mean, in terms of the embodiment experiences I enjoy, Mm -hmm. I enjoy a nine of pentacles embodiment. I really enjoy being in the environment where I'm asked to really touch down and, um, bask in the fruits of my labor, like really be in the presence of what's wonderful about my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that embodiment. I love the way that feels. I love, um, I am in high priestess a lot, not because I'm some ancient knower of wisdom, but because my rhythm through life is staying in for very long periods of time and then coming out when I have something to say and then going Mm -hmm. back in. So I start in and then I externalize. Um, Mm -hmm. And that is also the high priestess's rhythm in um, opposition to the magician who goes out first and then checks in. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I find that I'm in, High Priestess a lot. I'm in Queen of Cups a lot. I'm really like far away a lot. <laughs> I, I I like it. You know, Hermit is my birth card. It's like definitely, a, it's harder for me to come out if I'm being honest with you. I really mm-hmm. prefer to be tucked away in my caves. So I do find that I'm in those cards a lot, but um, there are some other ones that I love. I love in opposition to that, I love when I'm in the right space. I love the King of Wands embodiment. I love just like teaching and sharing and shining and showing up when it feels right. There's so many that I love. Mm. 
So you've really been able to create this life and career around being somewhat of the hermit, you know, I think having an online business and doing things from a place of, you know, you are the boss and you get to create whatever it is that your heart or your body or your mind or spirit is saying yes to, um, you know, what it was it like to really build this, a business around your heart and your passion? Um, I mean, it was a trip, you know, it was a journey and, um, I had really tremendous fortune of a lot of my career having more business than I could handle that. There was a lot of that where it was like, I don't know how I'm going to keep up with X, Y, Z. And for a long time, I actually struggled with the pattern of like turning everything off completely and then trying to come back in. And so there were a couple of times where I would just like sweep my schedule clear and be like, I can't even, Mm -hmm. I need to take a week, you know, even if we don't have any money. Um, So it's been a cultivation over time of establishing boundaries, often retroactively because I never thought that my work would take off in the way that it has. And when you think a couple people will respond to this, you don't, your boundaries are not as tight because you Mm -hmm. think it's no big deal. There's 10 people here. And then all of a sudden there's a hundred. So, um, I've had to like really learn that those who are interested in what I'm doing will continue to honor the growth and the expansion that I undergo, whether or not, I'm available to them in the same way. Um, I mean, it took a crazy amount of hard work, just so much hard work. And in fact, um, the first four years of my career were particularly challenging for me because in the building of it and the establishment of it, um, the foundation of it, I had to be out a lot more Mm -hmm. than I wanted to be. (laughs) So it was like... I was, and again, I'm not complaining because what a privilege, Mm -hmm. but I was out, I was touring, I was doing this thing, that thing, because I wanted to meet people and share my work in a way that at that point was the best way to do that. You know, I'm able to make my living doing online coursework because there is a base for that. So it's not like, um, that just happened. You know, I had to work Mm -hmm. a long time to establish the interest and I'm still, it's, never stopped. Like I'm still doing the same work and have, you know, not the same worries and concerns that I had four years ago, certainly. But, um, I would say that that if I could offer any piece of advice, um, or just speak to a part of my journey that was very important to me, I spent a great many years looking at other people's papers And being like, well, this person's doing it that way. I should do it that way too. This person's made it here. Why haven't I? Um, There was a lot of that. Not Mm -hmm. copying, but comparing. And Mm -hmm. um, questioning and wondering why I wasn't there. And then sometimes in a real, this is where my my shadow stuff would be for so long. It would be like, well, I'm further, so I'm okay. It was this very strange, like hypervigilance that I had around, there's not going to be enough for me here. 
Um, I had to do so much work on that. Now that doesn't even enter into my radar and doing work on things like that really works because I knew that it was bullshit and I just had to sit and repeat it to myself for like years and be like, yeah. this person has everything they need. Their people are not your people. It's great. You cannot possibly do, they can't do your thing. You can't do their thing. Um, so it's just been a maturation of myself as a woman and as a teacher for a couple of years now, since I started to basically say like, there is nothing that you have to do, but honor the impulse within you. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Just do you. And as soon as that started to happen, my work got deeper. It got richer. It got better. I became a much better teacher and I'm still working on that. But, um, I think for some people, the impulse to compare oneself or to measure um, is really hard one to resist. But I think mm-hmm. that, that that's actually been one of the best things I've done for my business is just I just don't check in. If I notice that my brain kind of wants to use someone like that, I'm like, well, I just won't go to the party, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that was important, too. There's been so many things, but just mainly like working my ass off for five years and continuing to like, I mean, truly like working my ass off for Mm -hmm. five years. Um, so, and, and I'm still working my ass off. So it just doesn't feel like a hustle anymore. It just feels like hard work, which I appreciate and enjoy, you know? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You explaining all of that and bringing up comparison, I think is so, it's just a vulnerable part of the journey. And it's interesting you bring it up. And I always love, I'm sure you get this experience, like when you interview or talk to others, that there's parts of their journey that you really relate to. And for me personally, the comparison story was starting to overrule a lot of my actions and this this choice of mine to take a summer break from podcasting, social media, from everything was to really go back inward, you know, and yeah. stop looking at what everyone else is doing because now there is such an influx of you know, spiritual teachers and the wit- the witchcraft has really surfaced into the mainstream. So it's challenging to navigate when you don't create those, you know, blinders and recognize, you know, like you said, no one can do what I can do and I can't do what they're doing. And it's really such a powerful um, realization to, to step into. And I love that you brought that in because it's like right where I'm at. (laughs) And I'm sure so many of, you know, those that are listening right now can relate to the comparison and, um, it's just progressively easy to get worse because social media is only going to get worse, you know, until we like harness back in, our energy and say enough is enough. Like this is my path. This is where I am feeling my most joy. It's just, it can, it's a slippery slope, you know? Yeah. So I love that you brought that in there. Um, Especially with, with tarot, you know, it's like for you to be able to create something that a lot of other people also have been able to create and not get caught up in, 
you know, there's not enough people, there's not enough of an audience, you know, that's, that says a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been pretty interesting. And I love that you shared all that you did. And, and I also want to say that it's very interesting. A lot of people that I know have taken the last month or two off of Instagram. I have too. Mm-hmm. There's something, and, and for different reasons, but there is something about, I really feel like we're in a time where we're, we're being drawn so deeply back inside because there's just so many things changing in so many of us. And I think, um, there's just mm-hmm. such a strong invitation right now to go back to center. But. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, I do know a fair amount of fellow sisters that are doing the same. And one actually reminded me like I was feeling called to do so, but battling with the stories that, you know, if I stop, will I lose momentum? If I, you know, all the things that come up, but Ultimately, it it took a sister to call me and say, this is what she's doing to really lead by example. And um, we're always living parallel lives. So it was just a a good, you know, moment to tap into that. And, um, you know, with that and how how these times are changing and we're going inward, um, I think, you know, right now we're on the tail end of this Mercury retrograde and then we've got Leo season and we've got a lot at play and I find like sleeping more feels good oh, and yeah, totally. you know all these things normally I'm like a 5 a.m I'm up I'm like ready to start the day and lately it's like let's push snooze until like nine so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how do you navigate um those times when you sound like you're such a um really good at hermiting but how do you really navigate when those transitions are happening and you're recognizing that you know you've got to ch- change and move through and feel with what your your intuition is telling you like do you have any tips for us Um, I'm sort of smiling as I'm, because I really struggle with that greatly. (laughs) I'm really good at hermiting when I'm productive. It's, it's easy for me when I'm in an, when I'm in a flow that I understand for me to go inside channel here, come out and share, go back in the last, this year has been very uncomfortable because there's been very large periods of time where I'm, I've been told don't do anything. And we're not going to tell you any more than that Mm -hmm. to the point where it's like, well, money work timelines, like what the, you know, what the hell's going on here. And I know a lot of people doing this work have been in the same situation and it's very frustrating and hard. And I think that, um, the advice I could give because I, I have struggled through that. So that's why I'm sort of smiling because yeah. um, I don't know if I'm going to give that great of, of advice. Um, I think trying to get back into what brings you pleasure and joy is the antidote to that mm-hmm. because um, there is more to this life than the work we do, even though it's a very big part of it. And I think that a lot of us can get so consumed with the work that we forget to have a life. Mm -hmm. And 
um, I think sometimes those breaks when we're meant to be permitting, sleeping, um, one really great reminder is that there are always winters and after winter comes spring. So even if it's in the middle of summer, spring, the weather is beautiful, but we're kind of wanting to like tuck up and be home and be cozy. And there's just like a very strong knowing to kind of pull back in. That is our internal winter. And it's wise to navigate the season with grace and to know that the more we rest in winter, the more fruitful the spring will be. So once again, coming back to nature's teacher, like that really helps me. Um, and I always try to check in with like, where am I on my seasonal wheel today? Am I bursting forth with something to offer? And you know, summer comes once a year for a reason. Like we forget that we're thinking we have to be productive all the time. Summer is like once a year it comes with something to offer, with a harvest to reap. And in fall, of course, there's its own version of blooming for some crops and everything. But like for the rest of the time, we're doing the hard work of birthing or dying or shedding. So there's always work happening. But um, I think the more we kind of honor those lunar rhythms, um, which we're really not used to because we live in a solar society. Um, but I, don't, I can't necessarily, unfortunately, then nothing if not really honest. Um, I'm just, I feel like I'm just starting to get used to that. I just mm -hmm. fought that for most of my life. <laughs> you know, like I didn't like to not know what was going on or, you know, so... Yeah. Well, being in Aries and also, yeah, yeah. you know, circling back to the beginning of the conversation, mm -hmm. talking about coffee, you know, and how we have all these tools that society really kind of, I feel like created so that we can go against our innate cycles. So it's interesting how, you know, we have to learn how to navigate through this and listen to our intuition and say, you know, okay, I'm getting rid of this sugar. I'm getting rid of, you know, maybe coffee, maybe caffeine or whatever, because I'm not, it's not allowing me to tap into my natural flow. And so I think, you know, I really value you putting that out there in such a honest way, because we're all really learning again and remembering how to tap back into these cycles and flows. And I think that's why we've seen, you know, witchcraft and all of these spiritual modalities come back to the surface so strong um, because we've, we've gotten so far from who we really are and uh, what a lot of our ancestors and natives were teaching. So you, you also talk a little bit about, uh, life and death and, um, how that relates to your podcast. So I was going to ask you what your perspective is on the afterlife. Um, well, of course I've never been there and I don't know for sure, of course, but, um, I think that we, all have a time that we're meant to go and that it's not an accident no matter how well of course there are accidents but that um i think it's one of life's great finalities 
you know? Mm-hmm. Um, although I could be really wrong about that. I don't know. But I think after we die, we go on to do something else. You know, I think mm-hmm. we, we come in and we rest and then we get born into someone or something else. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Well, we're wrapping up, I guess, here. This went by, always goes by so fast. <laughs> Um, what would you say to anyone that's listening that is really interested in working with the tarot, but really doesn't know where to begin and feels a little intimidated by it as, um, as a divinational tool? I would say that there are endless resources from, I would say one of two things possibly both find a deck that really resonates with you. Um, not one that you necessarily think is pretty, mm. although that can be a part of it. Not one that you think another person enjoys, but one that really speaks to you and, or find a resource that you really like, be it a book or a teacher or whatever. And you may not always hit the resource part. Um, I read books for most of my life and I'm actually teaching sometimes the opposite of what I read. I did not actually really care for most of what I read when I was growing up about the tarot, but it helped me to come to my own understanding of the cards, which is important because your understanding is the most important understanding. So I would say step one is finding a deck that speaks to you. And step two is um, being willing to be very, curious and patient with weeding through the information. If you can find one or two initial resources that move you, be it a podcast, a teacher, a book, a guidebook for your deck, um, a, an Instagram account, you know, what, whatever. But if you can find someone who speaks to you in a way that moves you, helps to get you to think about the cards in a way that lights you up that's the most important thing Mm. no matter where that resource comes from it could be youtube or it could be like some seasoned master you know Mm -hmm. um start there because the your journey with tarot is going to change so much but if you can start with really getting to develop an intimacy with it um that's a really great way to start Mm, i love that well, thank you so much, Lindsay. It's been a really beautiful, magical joy to just drop in with you. And I really appreciate yeah. your realness and your vulnerability. Um, I love to ask, ask, I don't know where that just came from. <laughs> uh, you know, this question at the end of the show, um, how do you invoke your inner goddess? Definitely by being outside in nature, Mm. in water, in the woods. I can't do it every day. So sometimes I forget that that inner power is there. Mm -hmm. But um, for sure, being connected with nature. Mm. How about you? You know, I live surrounded by trees and nature. So for me, it's always communing with the plants. I have lots of plants in my home. It is really very similar in nature and, and also dance, like moving my body and 
just letting myself be free and lose myself in music and the rhythms. And uh, that to me connects me to her because it's like, she comes from the hips, you know, <laughs> she'll like want for um, things to be released through movement. And I really feel that dance is a powerful way to tell a story and it's a good way to release and purge and, and get a good workout too. Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, Lindsay, well, where can everybody find you and your magic? They can find me at lindsaymack.com by going and subscribing to my podcast, Tarot for the Wild Soul, or not, you know, I'm on Instagram as Wild Soul Healing. I'm not as active there, but um, I'm very active on my newsletter. So um, Mm. you can sign up for that either at my Instagram or by going to my website. Mm, Beautiful. Well... Again, thank you so much for blessing us with your presence on the show and all of your wisdom. I love you all so, so much. And we will see you next time. Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you. All right, sisters. I love you. I hear you. I see you. Bye for now. Bye.